0: In a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Got a project we're working on, and that's why I haven't been on here as regularly as I'd like to be. We work, rid itself of CEO, co-founder Adam Newman. The company is supposedly negotiating a billion dollar capital infusion with SoftBank this week, and uh, a $3 billion revolver, if what I read is correct, with JP Morgan this week. And that would be the cash lifeline the company needs in the wake of its field IPO. So what I don't understand about WeWork is I keep reading the headlines about the headcount cuts, which we told you were, were coming, because it sounded like there were a lot of ancillary projects that just weren't core to the business. And it was leaked that. Five hundred software engineers, data scientists, people with a technical background were being let go out of a core of approximately fifteen hundred technical employees. I think roughly two thousand headcount cuts out of a total employee pool of around fifteen thousand people. That was announced last week. So that that has to happen. Headcount cuts have to happen to a degree. It sounds like there was a lot of fat in the business model but what I don't understand about WeWork is why they continue to lease new office space and I think it's because to some degree many private companies and venture investors don't have a complete understanding of how the public markets work and they pursue growth at all costs and I think many companies would be better to pursue profitable growth and I know profitable growth may be difficult for certain business models in the early days. But if I were WeWork, let's just take WeWork out of the equation. If I had the option to invest in a company growing at 30%, so revenue growth of 30%, and they're bleeding cash. Let's say cash will break even is three years away, or maybe undefined. Versus a company that's growing 20%. That's at cash flow breakeven, or maybe they have 10% cash flow margins going to 20 to 30%, let's say, over the next three to five years, and you could kind of see the, the track record of, of cash flow growth. I'd much prefer the latter. So in other words, I would trade a little bit of top line growth for profitability today or profitability in the near term with expanding profitability over time. Growth isn't the end-all, be-all. Because typically what happens when you're pursuing growth at all costs, the infrastructure isn't, oftentimes isn't up to par, isn't capable of supporting that growth. And there was a company several years ago, I believe it was Zenefits, that was sort of growing at all costs, and they hadn't dotted their I's, crossed their T's operationally, and they ran into a number of issues and, and never got their IPO off the ground as planned. And that's quite common. Venture oftentimes does not stress... I'd say more often than not, does not stress that a company evolve its infrastructure. So It's not a question of infrastructure growth. It's not a question of just growing operational headcount. It's a question of implementing operational processes such that you can scale growth profitably, provide the level of customer service that you want to provide, create brand equity, have a strategic approach to marketing where you can measure the ROI. There's a whole bunch of different operational elements that I think are important in terms of, in terms of having the appropriate level of infrastructure to support growth. And it's different for every company. Certainly different by industry, but different by every company as well. And it would just seem that what we work, that if you want to put the brakes on and quickly reduce cash burn, that you would just stop with the new long-term leases. Because you keep adding these things on, you're increasing risk. Because things are for sure slowing down a little bit. And if we really hit a recession, it doesn't have to be a great recession like 2008. But if we hit a recessionary period where you have negative growth for several quarters, of a year, or a couple of years, this company is toast. And you're just accelerating that downward spiral by signing these these new lease deals. So I'd say for every article, every headline I see talking about WeWork headcount reductions, I see, I don't know, a couple articles talking about new lease signings. And to me, I just I just don't understand that. So that's WeWork, General Electric, who everybody wanted to smash, Harry McCarpolis when he when he came out with his negative report. And I think there were some elements there that weren't exactly correct. But directionally, I think he was correct. They're over-levered. And so they announced that they're freezing pension benefits for 20,000 employees. So that company is by no means out of the woods. And that was, that's was that been consistent with our, our commentary. We're not long it. We're not short it. But were we, were we to play in the public markets, we definitely would not be long GE. They've got a lot of work to do. We posted an article related to the project that we're working on, the subject of which is the long tail. So for those of you that took statistics, you know that in a normal distribution, the endpoints, the long tail, those observations that are at the far left and the far right are the long tail. And so we wrote an article about companies that have leveraged the long tail, have invested in the long tail, in order to differentiate themselves from the competition. And there's a corollary here for what we're doing. So we gave examples of, for example, Netflix. And that was one where, frankly, I'm I'm no longer a customer. I was a very early customer. And the reason I became a customer is because I prefer sort of obscure content, independent movies, that type of thing, that you couldn't find at the time at Blockbuster, who was the primary competition years and years ago. And so Netflix, not only did they have the, the popular movies, but they had the obscure independent stuff. And so that's why I canceled Blockbuster and went to Netflix probably 20 years ago. We talk about Amazon. Amazon, similar to Netflix, it was a time when it was founded when it had every book under the sun, not just the most popular new novels, but also more obscure academic content and niche content, and that's how they drew people in. And of course, today, they sell across most every product category, and they have great depth across all of those categories. And so they've done an excellent job of investing in the long tail. So there is something to be said for investing in the long tail even though you're not going to have the same unit level sales activity as you would as you would find at the center of a distribution you may or may not have the same level of profitability at the unit level because some obscure niche items that uh, have a small audience may have uh, a great level of demand amongst that small audience and, th- and therefore you may have quite healthy profit margins at the unit level in the long tail but what the long tail does do is even though it requires some investment. You know, The cost of, of acquiring those goods that sell in the long tail may be a bit more expensive. The cost of providing that service at the long tail may be a bit more expensive. But it, it, it engenders a certain level of trust and creates a bit of brand equity with customers when they know they can find what it is that they're looking for by visiting your, your website, by visiting your stores. It gives them a sense of, uh, of comfort and trust in the brand. And I haven't seen data on this, but I would suspect that it it, it creates, it it, it helps create repeat sales activity. It helps generate word word of mouth. So I would bet that if, uh, and we'll try to do this someday, try to find this data, but I would bet that companies that invest in the long tail have a better net promoter score than other companies within the industry that chose to neglect the long tail. So you could find that article at techtoday.com. We just published it earlier this week, and it's the most recent article that was published. That's all for now. See you next time.